offering box on your way out. Also, just want to encourage you, in your chair, there should be one of these um, kind of worship guides. It's got sermon notes. We believe that if you take notes, even though this is the first week we've done it since pre-COVID, um, we're bringing them back, and we think that it's going to help you to um, retain more, to gain more, to learn more from this. And uh, I hope that you didn't come just out of, like, obligation. I hope you came to actually learn something. You guys came to learn something? Come on. Y'all look. We did this last week. We practiced last week. Are you all here to learn something? Are you all here excited to hear the word? Come on. I need you. This is a two-part thing. This isn't just me preaching and teaching. This is a two-part. It's, it's give and take. So I need your help with this. And uh, man, I am, I am super excited. I didn't really introduce him and his family um, but if, if, he would, if your family would just stand right where you're at, Pastor Deke Mislow and your wife and your kids, if you guys would stand right where you're at, let's give them a round of applause. So, so Pastor Deke is, has been my accountability partner for, for some like uh, 10 plus years. He's been walking with me and, and lifting up my arms and helping me. But he's been pastoring in a, in a church down in the Homestead area, and God has been over the last couple of years calling him to help us plant a church down in Homestead. But so, so he's had an assignment that he's been at for the last several years, but he just got released from it. Um, he, he just uh, you know, resigned from that uh, commitment that he was on. And he's gonna spend the next seven months with us learning and growing and kind of you know, learning the, the Renew culture because as you know, Renew Church, one of our core values is to plant churches. We, we have a vision of planting multiple locations. And so one of those churches God willing, and if the Lord opens all those doors, it's going to be a location down in Homestead, and Pastor Deke is a leader, so I hope that you get to know him and Heather and, and their family and make them feel welcome. They have two older sons. One's in the Marines, and another uh, works a lot, an older son, uh, Matt, uh, Matt and Ian. So um, we're so glad that you guys are here today. I'm glad that all of you are here. Welcome to the opening of a brand new series. It's called Word, and it's just the teaching of the Word of God straight through a book. It won't be like... Uh, comprehensive everything. It's not verse by verse, but it's five chapters in four weeks, and we're going to get what we can out of it in four weeks. And I'm excited to take you into the book of James for this series right now. So um, let me do this before I get into the word, before I get into the text. Over the last few weeks, I've been waking up sore. And I'm not exactly sure what was going on with it, trying to figure it out a little bit, asking Google, asking some, some other people that are smarter than me, like, why am I so sore? Why am I, like, feeling this soreness all the time? And some of the answers that, that Google told me about and some of my friends told me is, is, well, it could be lasting effects of COVID. You know, I, I had COVID a couple of months ago. I'm negative now. I, I have no, no uh, um, you know, I'm, I don't have COVID, let me clarify. But I did have COVID. And some of the lasting effects of COVID are soreness. And so that could be part of it. Another answer is you're not 21, dummy. You're 41. Like, it's part of getting old. You're, you're kind of, you know, I'm talking to people, and if I say over the hill, and some of you are like, then what am I, Pastor Trevor? Because uh, maybe I'm not over the hill, but I'm not as young as I once was, right? Um, another reason, maybe, that, that I'm dealing with this is because I have this 10-year-old memory foam mattress that kind of lost its memory. It, it kind of forgot how to be a memory foam. So, so when I get up in the morning, I'm like, man, this hurts. Like, I'm really, really sore. I don't really get that. Like, what's going on? It, it forgot how to be a memory foam. 
Um, and then the final thing, I think, is something that kind of came to a reality here in the last couple of weeks, which I love technology, man. I love updates, and I love all the new technology that comes in life. But one technology that I don't particularly like is um, stretch denim, stretch jeans. Anybody know what I'm talking about, stretch jeans? Ultra flex? Does anybody shop at a store? Like, let's try it again. Has anybody ever been to Old Navy, American Eagle, Sears, Walmart probably, Target? If you've ever bought jeans, they have this new, what they call technology, and it's called the Ultraflex. So they look like jean, denim jeans, but they're like made of rubber band material. Like you can stretch it from here to there. So I'm even wearing a pair of them right now, but these aren't even the stretchiest ones I have. I have some where like, man, they, they, it's like they're so forgiving. And that's good in some ways, but in other ways, like I tell people I'm 195 pounds when that conversation comes up. Not just randomly, hi, I'm Trevor, I'm 195 pounds. But I tell people that, and this just recently, I, I like stepped on the scale, which I don't like to do that, and I was 207 pounds. And I said, that's not good. I, I put on my COVID-12. I, I was, it's the COVID-12. Some of y'all put on the COVID-19. Some of y'all put on the COVID-40 and you need to work on it. But I, I put on this COVID-12. And part of the reason is, is because I got lazy. Part of the reason is, is because I got these genes that tell me everything is fine. But I tried these. These are, pre, these are pre-COVID. These are pre-Ultraflex. You know, these are like you know, 2017 jeans, right? And, and these are made of like denim, denim. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but these don't stretch. And when you put these on, or when I put these on with 207 pounds, that's a problem. It doesn't work right. Why am I telling you all of this? Because I think there is a reason for my soreness. There's all kinds of things that are going on. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is I've got to do something about it. I've got to make a change. And that's what the book of James is all about. When you see a problem, when you see your reflection in the mirror and it doesn't look right, James talks about in James chapter 2, there's something you've got to do about it. You don't just read it and go back to, oh, it is what it is. This is life. No, you're supposed to apply it. And that's what James does. Of all the New Testament books, it's probably the most hyper-practical. I mean, there's lots more like hyper-theological uh, texts in the New Testament, like Romans and, and Philippians, Ephesians especially. These are texts that are going like, to take you way up here. James, he keeps you right here, and he gives you practical stuff. 108 verses of the 108, 50-plus of those verses are literally um, like things that you can apply, things that you can do in your life. So I say that to say, like, I think I just wanted to tell you I'm fat right now, but I also wanted to tell you that I'm going to do something about it. By the end of this month, by the end of the series, June the 28th, I'm going to be wearing those jeans, and uh, you should come and see if it works or not, because I'm seriously taking it, like, I'm, I'm doing something about it. I'm cutting my calories, 1,800 calories a, a, a day. I'm... I'm um, exercising 30 minutes every single day. I'm, I'm uh, drinking eight bottles of water, which is equivalent to a gallon of water every single day. Why? Because I want to see a change. I want to make a difference. And, and it can't just be drinking a Diet Coke with your stuffed crust pizza. It does not work like that. You've got to make a difference. You've got to do something about it. And so that's where we're going this 
this month, we're going to make a difference. We're going to make a difference by making a change. If you want to make a change, you have to make a choice. So that's part of the, 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 the things that you should remember today. And if you have uh, the, the notes and you're taking notes, just remember this. If you want to make a change, you have to make a choice. I pray that you'll read this along with me. Okay, so let me give you an introduction to who James was for just a minute. So um, I'll start with this. What would it take to convince you that your brother was a billionaire? Like, you know your brother right now, right? Think of your brother, picture him. And all of a sudden, he showed up and told you he was a billionaire. What would it take to convince you? You're like, it wouldn't, he's not. What would it take to convince you that he was a powerful politician or a secret agent? You're like, no, I know my brother, he's not. Okay, so what about the son of God? What would it take for you, for, for your brother to convince you that he was the son of God? I say that because that's what James, that's what Jesus did for James. Because Jesus was the son of God, but he was also the earthly brother of James. And James acknowledged him and recognized that this was truly the son of God. He put his faith in his brother as actually the Messiah. You see, they had the same earthly mom and dad, but Joseph, his, their earthly father, didn't conceive Jesus. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he knew Jesus growing up. They lived together, and yet he put his faith in Jesus as the one true Messiah. So later, after Jesus is crucified and resurrected and ascends into heaven, James becomes a leader in the Jerusalem church. It's, it's the first Christian community after Jesus ascends into heaven. And, and not too long after that, they, they become persecuted because... Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to face trials. And they were persecuted. Stephen was stoned. You can check it out. Acts 8. They, they saw the Christians, it says, scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And so this is that story. This is that text for those Christians. I think the words are on the screen. Let's pull them up. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations... So, in other words, because they, their persecution, they were scattered. He says, greetings. And then he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because they have stood the test. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Verse 13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. 
But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, it gives birth to death. This is God's word and we're thankful for it today. And I want to just kind of start with this idea that trials make you stronger. How many of you are going through a trial today of some kind? Maybe it's personal, financial, physical, relational. Trials make you stronger. But you have to resist the trial when you go through them. Like last month, we were uh, at a gathering of church planters in West Palm Beach. And, and as we went there and, and listened to some of the different speakers, one of those was a man by the name of John Maxwell amazing leader, a consultant to, to churches and corporations, and he's written like over, I think, a hundred books. Like the guy is a genius. And this is one of the things that he said last month in, our, in our, our conference there. He said, everything worthwhile is uphill. Sadly, many people have uphill hopes and downhill habits. You get that? Let me, let me say that again. Everything worthwhile is uphill. But the problem is, many people have uphill hopes. Man, I wish I could do that. I hope I can do that. And yet they have this downhill habit. They're just coasting. And they're like, I don't know why this is happening to me. The only way you can get uphill is to be intentional. Like, it's, it's impossible to accidentally get uphill. Nobody was ever accidentally uphill you've never talked to a successful person and said how did you get to the top of the mountain and, and they look at you and say you know I have no idea how I got here like you might be a lottery winner or a lucky person but I'm talking about a successful person I'm talking about a skilled person an educated person it didn't happen by accident it happened because they were intentional in what they did it took energy effort and it took time everything worthwhile is up hill and that uphill will make you stronger that uphill trial will make you stronger it helps you to develop endurance and perseverance and ultimately as James says it makes you mature and complete not lacking anything so when you face trials they make you stronger they make you more mature they make you who you are or who you will become so I want to give you four practical steps and again they're in your notes this morning they're 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 there and it's really easy to remember a b c and d the first one a is ask for wisdom james says this when you're facing these kind of trials when you're facing these kind of troubles you've got to ask for wisdom oftentimes you when you have a decision to make and you don't know what to do um some of you you're just like you know what there's two options let's just pick one or we just roll the dice and we're just like it is what it is but that's not what James says to do here James gives real practical advice and he says when you are facing a trial when you're going through something ask for wisdom seek the Lord how does God answer I'll tell you there's there's several ways God answers one of which is through his word God speaks through his word, and if you'll get into his word and you'll listen to his word and allow it to speak to you, your answers will come through that. I, I, I think of people, and I, my heart breaks for people that think, oh, you know, I felt like God was telling me to do this, and it was completely like outside of the will of God. You could just see it, but they were so blinded by their own like ignorance. 
Like a man that's like, he says he fell in love with a lady at, at his job and he leaves his wife and he's like, I feel like it's God's will. Nope, 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 impossible. It would not be in the will of God that you do that. You've done that on your own. Don't blame God for that. Ask for wisdom and he'll speak to you through his word. He'll speak through godly people. He'll speak through godly counsel. That's why we have small groups. That's why we come together. Sandy Abbott, raise your hand for just a second. Sandy Abbott's our small group leader. We're, we're kind of scaling back for June and July. We have a few different little gatherings in the women's fellowship and some things happening. But when we launch back next uh, season in August, September, I want you to get into some of those small groups. There's still some on Zoom you could be a part of even this season. But get godly counsel from people that are speaking into your life. And that's how you hear from God. That's how he gives you that wisdom. And then sometimes it's confirmations. I don't want this to sound like, you know, uh, too like, I don't want you to get like nervous by this, but God speaks through signs. He really does. Like sometimes it's a sign. Sometimes it's like, man, I knew that this was what was going to happen. God, God showed this to me. It was a confirmation that I was supposed to go this direction. All right. I took a step and doors opened. So I kept going and doors continued to open. And that's how I knew that I was supposed to do this. You ask for wisdom and God answers. Second point is you've got to believe and not doubt. Believe and not doubt. He says there, he says, don't be double-minded. In other words, don't say, God, help me figure out how to do this and then at the same time, just do whatever you want. You've got to believe and not doubt. Because he says, those that are like that are like a wave tossed by the wind. If you are double-minded, in fact, you should not expect to receive anything from God. In fact, you should just, if you doubt, then you've already got your answer. It's not coming. It's not going to happen. You've got to believe for what it is that you're praying for. And if you're not, you're double-minded and just, just let it go. It's not going to happen. He says to believe and do not doubt. For when you ask for wisdom, he will answer. We had one of those this week. My, my wife's been dealing with some heartburn issues. And so in the night, like I just said, let's pray. Let's, uh, let me apply what I'm preaching. God, touch my wife. Heal my wife. Help us to know what to do. And God opened doors and put us in the hands of a, a, a great doctor that's given her some great uh, counsel. And she's feeling better already. Praise be to God. She stopped eating pepperoni pizza every night at 10 o'clock. I'm just kidding. She doesn't do that. But literally, she, we're, we're trying to apply it ourselves, asking for wisdom, believing and not doubting, and, and expecting that he's going to answer. And then three, see, uh, consider it all joy. Consider it all joy. That's the third one. When you face trials of many kinds, we've got to flip it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> consider it all joy. When you face trials of many times, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. When's the last time you considered it joy? When you went through a hardship. When's the last time you were excited about your hardship? And I know all of you, nobody raised their hands. I don't know why nobody's, uh, my, 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 our, our, our congregation's a little sleepy today, so I'm not going to call for any more audience participation this time. Next week, you're going to get another shot. I hope you shoot your arms up and you shout back and you do all of that. But when's the last time you considered it joy? I probably can't say it. Yeah, I probably couldn't get that excited myself. When's the last time you got excited? Uh, you, you considered it joy. Maybe not excited, but you considered it joy, which is 
more than just an external emotion, but it's like a deep down, like, thank you, God, that my child just got expelled from school. Never. <laughs> oh, what a joy that I just got this bill, and, and it has like a double late fee because I missed last month. I can't pay last month. I can't pay this month. Thank you, Lord, for this. Like, when's the last time that you considered it joy when something tough happened in your personal life? Man, I'm not saying that you're not going to have grief and you're not going to have moments of emotion and discouragement in a tough time, but like, you can't allow your emotions, you can't allow your emotions, your, your senses to lead you and guide you all the time. Yes, they're God directed, they're, they're God given, but. He's also given us this. He's also given us the counsel of godly people. He's also given us the comfort of the Holy Spirit to guide us when we're going through these hard times. We're going to face difficult moments. We're going to have sadness and discouragement. But this joy is that even when you go through something really hard and uphill, you're not going to be shaken. You're going to consider it all joy. Why? He says, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I want to talk about this testing for a minute, this word in, in this text. The same, the same word used here for testing uh, that James uses is the same word that they would have used in that time about uh, that a silversmith would use when he was testing the purity of silver. And so they would test the silver. You know how they would test it? They'd put it to the fire. They'd burn it. They'd heat it up. And as the temperature of the silver would rise, all of a sudden, anything that was impure would, would rise up to the top. And then they would scrape it off. It would cool back down, and then they would do it again. They would heat it back up. They would put it back into the fire, and that silver would get into the fire. And as it got really, really hot, then more of that impurity, more of that dross would rise up, and then they would scrape it off over and over and over again. Do you know how they knew when that, that uh, was tested and pure? Do you know when they knew when the silver was tested and pure? When did it pass the test? When the silversmith could see his reflection in the silver. You, you may be going through a trial. You may be being put into a fire. But here's what's supposed to, supposed to be happening. There's supposed to be some impurity being removed in such a way that you finally get to this place. When they look at you, when they see their reflection, when, when people look at you, they, guess what they see? They see the reflection of Christ. Yes, it's a trial. Yes, it's tough. Man, it's hard, but consider it joy because it is in you. It's producing perseverance that's going to make you mature and complete and not lacking anything. Everybody knows those filters, the Instagram life. Everybody knows it's not real. Everybody knows there's tough times for all people. No matter what status you are or, or, or fame you have, everybody deals with this stuff. So ask for wisdom. Believe and don't doubt. Consider it all joy. And then the final point is, is don't think that God did this. Don't think that God did this. James chapter 1 says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, 
it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, it gives birth to death. I mean, picture, are you getting this word picture that James is using? He's saying, like, first of all, God didn't do this. This started because you had a look. And that look led to a lust. And that lust led to a sin. Like, it, it started with just a little desire. But you let it give birth to sin. And then that sin When it's full grown, when it's fully mature, because you didn't remove it, because you didn't test it, because you didn't purify, it becomes death for you. Don't think God did this. Consider how instead to say, okay, whatever has happened, wherever I'm at, maybe you're in the middle of the the desire stage, stop it, clean it out, find ways to filter, do whatever you got to do to clean that out. Maybe you're you're in the sin stage and, and... It's time to step back and have some accountability and have somebody to walk with you and help you. Don't get to the death stage because it's at that point that it's too late. Like, we don't preach to dead people. We preach to the people that are at the the dead person's funeral, but we're really not preaching to the person in the casket. When When you're there, it's too late. So how do you do these things? How do, you, how do you overcome? How do you consider it joy? How do you have an uphill hope? Like, how do you, how do you, you, you keep going uphill? Man, you got to resist. you got to push. Like, this, this week has been tough for me. 1,800 calories. I must have been on like 3,000 or 4,000 calories because 1,800, I feel like I'm not even eating anything right now. But some of y'all, that, that may be easy for you. It's hard for me. But it's resistance. It's pushing it's when, I'm, when I don't feel like it, I do it anyways. And James says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, they went through the fire, that person will receive the crown of life. And I bet you it's a pure crown. I bet you that silver is 100% that the Lord, they will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love them. If you want to make a change in your life, If you want to make a change in your life, you have to make a choice. You've got to take these kind of steps. You've got to believe that, God, you're doing something in me, and I'm going to do my part. I'm going to to make a choice with your help, with your wisdom, and your direction. I am going to do what it is that you're calling me to. Whether it's your COVID-19 or 12 in my case or the trial in front of you, whatever it is, ask for wisdom. Believe and don't doubt. Consider it joy and don't think. God did this. Steph, come on back. So, as we start to wrap up this morning, my wife and I were talking about the message. We were, we were preparing the message. I mean, I was preparing the message. I preached it online on Wednesday, and I showed it to her last night. And, and I was like, you know, there's just something missing here. And we just started talking about, like, wh- who's the person? Who are the people that, that um, like, have really lived this out? Who are the people that have really, like, faced this kind of James chapter 1 trials and struggles. And some of y'all have gone through some serious trials. Some of y'all have lost loved ones. Some of y'all have, have suffered, you know, um, devastating home and family problems. But one that stands out to me is a, a family that would normally be sitting back there. They couldn't be here this morning. But I called and spoke to them for, for several minutes on the phone yesterday and even heard part of their testimony and got some of their... Uh, you know, what they would share with me, but it's the, the, 
beautiful husband and wife that sit right back in, in this far back row, Fred and Lori Matthews. Ah, Fred, if you don't know who I'm talking about, he's the guy in the wheelchair. And his wife is the blonde-headed lady that pushes him in the wheelchair. Fred, in 2004, was diagnosed... No, he was not diagnosed. He, he contracted ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Heather, am I calling it right? That's his, uh, that's his daughter right there. She's pretty, too. I don't know why I said that, but... <laughs> Sorry, Alvaro. I do weird stuff sometimes. Contracted ALS in um, 2004. In 2006, it was diagnosed. So prior to that, they didn't really know why he was tripping on the sidewalk and why he was having some problems with some of his fingers and, and toes and stuff like that. But, but it, it led to this place where uh, over several years, he had to stop working. 2010, he was unable to work anymore. 2011, he was unable to drive. And here he is in 2021, 10 years after that, 17 years since the beginning, and he can't walk, he, can, he can't lift his hands, he can barely talk, like his wife is his translator sometimes, interpreter, because I, I don't always understand what he's saying to me. Like, he gives me a smile, but it's very faint, and he blinks his eyes, and, and that's it. It's a horrible disease. And I thought about them as I thought about this verse and I thought about this chapter. And I'm like, man, you guys are the picture of this. Asking for wisdom, believing and not doubting, considering it all joy. And, and one of the things that Lori said to me yesterday, Lori and Fred said to me yesterday, and I'm, I'm going to pull it up on my text, is... Um, He said, uh, and, and she, she texted me it because her and Fred talked about it and got back to me because I just wanted to, to make sure that we were on the same page about what I was going to say on their behalf because they're not here. And, and he, says, um, he says to her, she texts me, Fred added that uh, having joy with expectancy even when you don't feel like it Can you imagine what that must be like? She, she writes further, we've been learning a lot about our feelings and our, our five senses. They are important and God created them. But we can't let them control us in our, in our decision making. God's truth is what we have to be led by. Isn't that amazing? And she wanted me to make sure you knew that over the last year, God has been showing them, revealing to them that he has already healed. They truly believe he has healed. They know it, they just have not seen it yet. Isn't that amazing? 
can you imagine whatever it is you're going through? And I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but can you, I, I'm making myself feel bad for a second. Like the stuff that I get all pitied about in my own life. And yeah, I hear this guy, his beautiful wife. It's, a, it's equally a challenge for both of them. It's as hard for her as it is for him. And they, they just believe and they know that God has already healed them. It just hasn't happened. If you're going through a trial, if you're facing something that's harder than life, bigger than, bigger than anything anybody can put their mind around, it's not bigger than God. And God can see you through it. So expect God to deliver. Don't settle for the fact that this is just life and nothing's going to happen. This is one of their verses. This is, they have two life verses. This is the one that I'm going to share with you. Romans chapter 4. It says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead." Like Abraham believed God, even when he was as good as dead, and so was Sarah. As far as to be the, uh, the, the father of the, the nation, no. In their mind, in their mentality, like in their, in their you know, external perspective, like it's impossible for her to conceive a child, for, for her to bear the, the, this child, Isaac. But he believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. It's my hope, it's my prayer that you could have the faith of Fred and Lori. It's my hope, it's my prayer that you could have the faith of Abraham. Whatever you're facing, however hard it may be, and I'm not denying that it's not hard, but in the midst of it, that you could find joy in the circumstance, that you could ask for wisdom, that you could believe and not doubt. Don't think God's doing it. God wants to do something through it. He wants to help you. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to have a, a, a time of uh, response, and, and uh, it's also communion. Uh, our, our musicians can all make their way back up on the stage. Um, this is first Sunday of the month, and the first Sunday of the month, we always celebrate communion. It's a memorial. It's a reminder of Christ's body broken and his blood shed to preserve us blameless unto everlasting life. He told us, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that even here, even now, in just a minute. But to make sure that your heart's clear, to make sure that your life is right, you are where you need to be, this is your opportunity to make that right. Maybe, maybe for some of you, you know that there's some things in your life that you need to, to, to surrender to God, to confess to Him. What better day than today? What, 
what better time than right here, right now, just to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life, to make you brand new. If, if uh, maybe it's something that has happened and, and you just feel like you're disconnected or separated, just ask him to forgive you. If it's a first-time commitment, just ask him to come and be the Lord and Savior of your life, and he'll do just that. I would love it if I could welcome you into the family of God. It's not by any amount of works that you're saved. It's by grace through faith, not by works so that no man can boast. So would you pray with me, and let's get our hearts right as we get ready for this time. Heavenly Father, we are, uh, we're thankful for this your word, we're thankful for this, this time when we get to remember your body broken and your blood shed to preserve us blameless and everlasting life. God, I thank you for these, your people who are here to, to uh, hear the word. And I pray for those that are ready to receive and, and, and uh, celebrate communion. But God, there may even be some that aren't. And so I just pray that you would help them to, to uh, just know that we still love them and we care about them. But for that one that's today saying, I want to be made right. I want to be made righteous in the sight of God it's not by your words it's because of what Jesus already did on the cross you see when Jesus sees uh, you actually when 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 you all you see is your sin what what God sees is his son you see your sin but God sees his son when you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior he's looking to Jesus on the cross and he says it doesn't matter what they did it doesn't matter their past And he welcomes you into the family of God. Here and now. If you want to pray this prayer, I, I encourage you. You can even repeat it out loud. As I pray it, you repeat it after me. Dear Heavenly Father. Let's do it one more time. I want you, if, if you're a believer, I want you to repeat it out loud. If you're not a believer and you want to make that decision, repeat it out loud. But, but if you're a follower of Christ, let's, let's all pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I know that I've sinned and have made mistakes, but I pray that you would forgive me. Come into my life and make me brand new. Today, I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So on that, on that night before he suffered his final sacrifice before he went to the cross he said i've eagerly desired to eat this passover with you before i suffer for i tell you i will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of god and he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said take it and divide it among you for i tell you i will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of god comes and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them and he said this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me let's take and eat of the bread together In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's do this in remembrance of him and be thankful. God, we thank you for your body broken and your blood shed to preserve us blameless and everlasting life. God, minister to our hearts, minister to our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer for any reason at all, I'm going to put my mask on. If you need prayer for any reason at all, there's going to be other prayer ministry team people that would be happy 
to pray with you as we sing this closing song. Let's sing together.
That's going to be on June the 12th. It's going to be from 2 to 4 p.m. If you'd like any information on that, man, go to Misty, go to Sandy. I think on this thing, uh, Misty's phone number is on there, 786-547-3589. Women, ladies, go to that thing. It's going to be a powerful time. There's going to be good fellowship, man. I, I'm, I'm believing that it's going to be the catalyst for an incredible women's ministry here at this church. So be a part of that. Be a part of this fellowship. 
encourage you guys to do that. Also, on June the 13th, we have our Grad Sunday on Sunday morning. It's for all of our graduates. We just want to honor them. So if you're a grad or if you know of a grad, let them know. Uh, we want them to come. We want to honor you guys on June the 13th. Also, Father's Day is coming up. Um, that's on June the 20th. And we want to celebrate dads. We have a special uh, surprise plan that day. Something really cool is going to gonna happen. And if you're a dad, obviously we want you back. But if you know of a dad, your dad, and bring them to church. We want to we want to honor them. We want to have a good time. I encourage you guys to, to invite for that. Um, and also teen camp for our teenagers is on June the 21st through the 25th. Contact me. It's only 185 bucks for your per student, and that's meals, room, board. It's it's the whole time that you're there. The only additional fee is transportation. We're figuring that out, but I don't think it'll be too much more. Um, so if you have a teenager, man, I would love for them to come up with us. We already have students who are committed to going, and we just want to we want to have a great time. We believe it's going to be a powerful time. And so contact me, 786-486-2700, or come and just just tell me. Just come up to me and, like, bother me and let me give you all the information about camp. Um, also, so uh, if you know me, you're probably asking, why in the world do I have a mustache? Well, on Friday, we had a grad night for our, our, our youth ministry, Misfit Youth, and it was 80s themed. And, you know, I tried to look like Tom Selleck from Magnum P.I., but it turned out more like Paul Blart, the mall cop. So, hey, you live and you learn, right? <laughs> But uh, check out this, this recap of Friday night. wanted to show you guys that just to let you guys know man awesome things are happening in our church awesome things are happening even within our, our youth ministry so man praise god for that we're so excited um lastly if you'd like to give to renew church we just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that the first way to do that is in person via the envelope in the seat pocket in front of you and you can drop off the envelope on your way out the second way to do that is to do it um online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving and the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting GIVE to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I pray that you bless this offering. Father, may you use it to glorify your kingdom. Father, to build your kingdom, Lord, and, and just let your will be done here, God. God, I pray that you bless these, your servants, Lord, as they worship you in this way. And be with them as they get out, out of here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys. You're now dismissed.